This is Father's Day. I am going to preach to everybody, but without a doubt, just so you have in your heart, Father's Day, I love this platform of the, uh, the time that I have to address fathers and dads. And uh, one of the greatest joys that I have in my life is being a dad. Um, I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm not saying that I don't mess up. Um, but I am saying that I love my kids, and I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm proud to be their dad. But I think a lot of times we don't fully understand the role of a father, the role or the importance of us in the home. I, I, I know there's so many issues in our world right now. I'm going to say th- some things today that I need you guys just to take to heart. Um, as a pastor, I'm not called to be politically correct I'm called to be biblically correct. That's my job. And, and that doesn't mean that I don't respect people or understand what's going on in culture or anything like that. We're not oblivious to those things. But at the same time, uh, when, when it comes to being politically correct, you can't be. Nobody's politically correct because it changes every 10 minutes anyways. I mean, it just can't be. It's just so up and down. And uh, today I want to be biblically correct with what it means to be a father. So For all of you guys that are here, everybody watching online, take your Bibles to Joshua chapter 24, and uh, I appreciate those that are watching online and being able to engage, and you guys can say amen, and they can say amen and comment, so uh, share the videos and get the message out, and I know as we're navigating through these crazy times that there's different ways that we're connecting to people, and I'm just thankful that we have these ways, Uh, but I always challenge everybody that's watching online to still engage uh, you know, don't, don't have, uh, you know, sports on and, or activities or whatever on at the same time as this. Just prioritize what we're doing. And uh, it's, it's challenging being a dad today. And I, anybody here, you said, I've already raised my kids and say, Pastor Tony, it's always challenging to be a father. And without a doubt, it is, I think we live in challenging times. And, and if you think about it, when I was a kid and I remember just growing up and the idea was, you know, trying to figure out big discussions in our life and big debates that we would have with our parents and stuff. It's like, where am I going to go to college? You know, what, what, what am I going to do for a career path? What am I going to do? And, and now, and I don't see this lightly or to be funny in any way whatsoever, but I mean, the generation now has to ask the question if I'm a boy or a girl. And, and I'm not even, I'm not mocking that. I, my heart breaks for that of the confusion that is in this world. And we, all, we totally understand that God is not the author of confusion. He's not. And to understand the emotional turmoil that, that has been plugged into their minds to make life so complicated has not come from God whatsoever. But as a leader, and I say that just because I'm talking about fathers, but I'm talking about leaders in general. As a leader, it means that you lead. You say, well, that's very profound, Pastor Joni. I, I know that sounds like I'm, I'm trying to be funny with that, but in reality, the only way that you're actually a leader is not just because you brought kids into this world. It's not. I'm the leader of this house. Are you? Because just making that statement doesn't make you the leader of the house. Because the leader of the house is whoever's out front. you got to understand, when we were a kid, we used to play a game called follow the, the leader. You know, you, when you're following, you're following who's out front. 
and they were taking you on a journey somewhere. And a lot of times for us as dads and leaders today, when you get out front, it gets complicated and frustrating. Because you feel like, I can't do anything right. I feel like I'm being attacked on every corner. The whole world is upside down. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. If I make a decision, I have to either fight my kids or fight my spouse or fight the world or fight society. So you know what we do? It's easier just to back into the crowd and just like whatever mom says. Or you know, I'm not saying that we don't work together with wives and things. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying as being the leader, the head of the home, and being the authority and, and setting a, a path and navigating that path and going before them and standing up for what's right, it, it stinks. It does. Because it comes with criticism and it comes with frustration and it comes with failure and it comes with tripping up and it comes with all those things. And you're like, don't say being a leader stinks. Try being a leader. (laughs) And I'm not saying that to belittle the position whatsoever. I'm just saying it is for the reality what it is. Joshua in this passage, if we go back in his life, you know how he became a leader? Ten, twelve spies went out. Ten came back and said it's impossible. Two stood up. Joshua and Caleb said we can do this. And the whole nation rised up and said, Joshua, we've been waiting for a man of God like you. We love you, brother, and wherever you take us, we're going to go. Is that the way that it went? They rose up and said, you know what? You're going against us. I said we just get together and kill him. And this was his brothers and sisters. This was his family. It's complicated to be the leader. It is so important that we understand this because I'm telling you, the the core of the issues that we're facing in our world today comes from a lack of leadership in our homes. Do you guys hear me? Don't blame the government and don't blame the school systems and don't blame, because the Bible makes it very clear that it is parents that train up their children the way they should go. I can go out to the streets and find anyone that is throwing a brick through a window and I can trace it back to a lack of training or discipline. And I'm not saying that the kids don't have their own choice and, and, and things like that, 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 with free will of man and things. In the same way that somebody can be hate or despise someone else for being a different race or a different color is also wicked. A lot of these things that come into our lives, they're taught in our lives. They're rooted back to something of a lack of training or being trained wrong. Joshua was the leader that took over for Moses. He led them through the wilderness. He brought them through the Jordan River. He, he helped them in, in the uh, endeavor to drop the walls of Jericho. God led him through all of this to the promised land. And his leadership was coming to an end. And he's looking back on his life. And he starts in Joshua 24, verse 1, talking about their history. I, I want to read some of their history with me. Verse 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto the people, Thus saith the God, Lord God of Israel, Your father dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even in Terah, and the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and, and they served other gods. And they served other gods. And he starts going into the history. And what Joshua is doing, and he's pay, pass, uh, or, or explaining their past history, he's like, let me tell you about your fathers and what they did and what they didn't do. And let me tell you this and that. And I, I could bring you back in history. And I could bring you back to what they did good and their victories and God's goodness and man's failures. And this is all great and it's important. 
But watch where we get to. Watch how he changes the focus. Verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whom's land you dwell. But as for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. I mean, this is such a powerful verse, such a powerful proclamation, such an important statement that he says. But I, I want to I look at this a little differently than we normally do when it comes to this. Because it's easy to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But this, this description that he says in verse 14 was actually setting up what me and my house serving the Lord actually means. But I want to point out something to you guys in this passage of what he's doing when he says this for me and my house. Did you notice that he is the leader of this nation, the leader of all these people, all these things going on? And Joshua in this moment comes in and, and let's even shorten that verse or that phrase right there. When he comes in and he says in verse, that verse, he says, as for me, it's for me. Let me tell you how powerful it is. And I, I've titled this message, Hey Dad. Let's change the world. Let's do something. I can't sit back and just watch the chaotic mess of this world and, and sit there and do nothing. But Joshua sits there and he says, talks about his past and his fathers and the history and the good and the bad and the errors and all this stuff. And he stands and he just says, hey, as for me. It's right here. You guys want to change the world? It starts right here. You want to change the difference? And you said, and my house. But even before he said, and my house, he said, that's for me. You guys realize that I cannot change the government. I can't change society. And I can't change everything going out there. But I sure can control me. I, I truly believe that we could make huge strides in our world if we get our face out of the TV and we get our face out of Facebook and we get our face into a mirror. Just put your face into a mirror. I, I, I can sit there and complain about what's going on in the world. I can complain about what government officials are doing or not doing. But it starts with you. It starts with me. See, I can't control Israel, and I can't control my fathers, and I can't control the past. But boy, I can control me. I can decide what I'm going to do. I can decide what's right according to what God has led me to do. Now, now let's break this down, down. Verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him with sincerity and in truth. I'm talking about changing the world, but here it is. This is how we do it. It's, it's, you have to have the right view of God. And I, this is, sometimes I feel like we go step back into so many basics for this, but I think this is important to understand. Do you see how he opens this up? Being just real and honest. I, like I told you, we're being biblically correct with this. With what I'm telling you right now, it's not going to get retweeted by anybody in the world. It's not, it's, no, nobody's going to get out there and be like, wow, that is, that is it. But you got to understand, when Jesus came into the world, they also despised him and crucified him too. Well, just because you say what is right doesn't mean that it's popular and it's accepted. He says in this passage, now, therefore, fear the Lord. That word Lord is Jehovah. It's the self-existing God. 
<clears throat> just think about what he is saying with this. God created everything. You would not exist without Jehovah God. Everything that you have came from God. The reason that you live is because of God. The reason that you're going to have eternity one day in heaven is because of God. This life that you have is because of God. The way that you have children is because of God. The money that you have is because of God. When God gave them manna, it was because of God. When God gave them Pharaoh's uh, victory or uh, victory against Pharaoh, it was because of God. Joshua, if you read those other verses, it's just God. God, God did this. God did this. God did this. God is God. But at the same time, it's easy to sit there and say, oh God, how great thou art, because it doesn't just say that. You see, in this passage, it's just not recognizing God as the creator and the author and the one that <clears throat> tells us right and wrong and dictates to us that this is what is right. Joshua was saying, in, in a sense of this, he says, I, I'm not asking you what your fathers did because they worshipped other gods, and I'm not going to blame it on Pharaoh because they worshipped other gods, and I'm not going to talk about what's popular. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. The Lord was the same word as he was talking about in this passage. He was literally saying, as for my life, I place myself under the authority of what is God. So therefore, everything that I do in my life, I dictate what is right and what is wrong according to what God has said. Now notice how he says this. He doesn't just say the Lord in this passage. There's a word there that we just like, ah, I'd rather skip that. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. I don't, I'm, my God is a big teddy bear, and I love him, and I can go to him anytime, and he loves me. The last message I preached was the prodigal son. It's just, we just, you know, one of the last ones is just, I love that. But to sit there and talk about the fear of the Lord. We, we, we've got to understand this. This means more than respect. And I think that's where we, we, we get off. Because it's just a matter of we respect authority or we should respect authority. We should respect um, people that take care of us like our fathers, like we're doing today, to honor them and applaud them and, and, and thank them for their service and things. There, there's a respect and we open doors for people and we respect them. And, you know, there's just things that we do out of honor and respect and I think sometimes if we just take the fear of God with that, it's just like, love you, God, you know, and just or thank you for what you've done. And, and it's, we almost water down the fear of the Lord. And fear of the Lord doesn't mean that I run and hide in fear, oh, he's going to get me, because he is my heavenly father. One of the greatest blessings of my entire life, of being alive for almost 44 years, one of the greatest blessings in my life was my dad. My dad taught me how to work. My dad taught me how to take care of things. My dad taught me how to use tools. My dad taught me how to be in church. My dad taught me. He was, he was a big part of my life. I was blessed to have a great dad. He was, he was a leader. He was a protector. He was an example. And let me tell you about my dad. My dad was not an emotional, touchy-feeling person. And this is me and my dad on my college graduation. that We, we were celebrating that. And... Um, my dad was never like the touchy-feely type of person. You know, he never wrote me a letter and said, hey, son, let me tell you all the ways that I love you or anything like that. He wasn't that way. But my dad still made sure that he knew that he, I knew that I, he loved me. And I could approach my dad at any time, and I could hug him, 
Even the last pictures that we have in the hospital before my dad died, hours before my dad died, and it's, it's us just hugging my dad, and we just connected to that way. And I knew that I could go to my dad with my failures. I, didn't, I, didn't, I was never afraid of being kicked out. I was never afraid of, you know, was, uh, being mistreated. I was, my, my dad loved me, and I knew that he cared about me. But there was more to my dad than that. See, there was a time that me, Denny, and Dave got into a fight. and We were wrestling, and we were doing all these things. And when we were kids, we, we would do stupid things. And one of them was we, when we got into a fight, and we started breaking things in the house. I can't remember what we broke. I just remember we broke something. And mom was like, stop, boys, stop, boys. And then you cross the line, and it's just like, uh-oh, you've, like, you've gone too far. You know, it's like there's no going back. And my mom said for all of you to go to the bedroom, and that didn't mean a timeout during my day and age whatsoever. Uh, we had a thing called spankings. Does anybody know what uh, is it being whooped, spanking, you know, whatever? Now, I'm not saying abused. I was never, ever, ever abused whatsoever by my parents, whatever. But we were corrected as a kid. And, and, and it helped us to correct us, to keep us on the right path. And I'm thankful... But my mom was really worked up, and I was really worried about my mom being really worked up. You know, one of the worst things that parents can do when they say, go to your bedroom, you're getting a spanking, is to wait. It is, the, it is the long wait of the anticipation of knowing that the wrath of mom is coming. And don't get me wrong, I fear the wrath of God. But let me tell you something about the wrath of a mother. It is, it's, yeah, you know. And I remember hearing mom calm down the hallway, and I'm thinking, this is it. At least we're going to get it over with. And, you know, and all that is just going to be, uh, it's, we're, you're just debating who's going to go first because you're just praying that mom gets worn out beating them, and she's just tired by the time she gets to you. And I just remember mom coming into the door, and she's saying the words that we prayed for because God answers prayers. I am not going to spank you boys. Praise God. My faith went to another level. That mustard seed thing and all that other thing, it was reality. It was just like, wow, God, I will surrender the preach in Africa after this. Because your dad's going to do it when he gets home. Whoa, just like, no. You know, and to be honest, my dad could be, kind of a softy when it came to that, you know, because mom was the one agitated. But when dad gets home and we hear that, rah, 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 you know, the, the 30 minutes of explaining our disobedience to dad before he came in there and he opens the door and he doesn't say, you know, you did wrong or you broke something. He was like, you made your mom mad. I mean, that was like the opening statement. Mom ain't happy, you know, nobody happy. And it's just like, anyways, we, we, it was good. It, I'm alive today, and it's all good. God, I love my dad. <laughs> the, the thing, I had this respect of this outward, complete love for my dad and a complete understanding that when my dad said no, he meant no. And when my dad said, you're not to do that, it meant you're not to do that. And I understood him and the reality of the relationship that I had, that he set the boundaries, he set the rules. And there was a thing in my life of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. Disobedience to rules, and there is laws, and there is obedience, and there is disobedience, and there is consequences for disobedience. 
Joshua was literally saying in this passage, he was saying, do you understand that God is the creator, God is the author, God dictates your life, everything that we know in life comes from God. You have to understand that you must put in mind the proper fear of God. You will answer to God. Every knee shall bow. And in life, you either live God and do right and God blesses you or you do wrong and there's consequences in life. And I'm not saying that God's up there with a big club ready to beat you. A lot of times it's things that we get ourselves into that God's holding us back because there's sin and curse and hurt in this world that God's trying to protect us. Your life will change. Your family will change. When a mom or dad and the, the kids at the home stop and they understand the proper understanding that God is my authority, I submit to God, God's ways is the only way, and there's no other way to live. That's it. But when you start living your life your own way and you start making up the rules as you go, we get in trouble constantly because we under, don't understand the fear of the Lord. So you know what God would say to us when I say this with all due respect? Save your how great thou art singing if you can't have a heart to honor and fear God. Because all it is is words. He had this. But, but I need to show you how this changes you. See, in verse 14, it says, now, therefore, fear of the Lord. He says this, this understanding of the authority of God and the submission of God and, and the, the, who God is in your life is that loving father, but that correcting father. And he says, and this is what comes and serve him in sincerity and truth. This is, you must be driven for God. And I'm going to explain this, how this all comes to light with this passage. When you have the right view of God, it moves you, it changes you. When he understood that he went in there and they saw that there was giants in the land and they went back and the ten said, we can't do this. But the two rose up and said, Wes, we can. Let's go forward and do this. There was a drive inside of their heart because they understood my God is bigger. And all of a sudden, you'll be able to lead in a way that you couldn't lead before because you have the right understanding of who God is. But when it gets into your heart, the Bible says about this word serve. Now, this word serve in this passage doesn't necessarily mean like we think about it. I'm going to stand at a door and open it for people. And thank God for those that serve in our church in that way. But it goes deeper than that. This word serve that we're talking about means to be a bondman or be a husbandman or to be a worshiper or to give yourself as a servant to. It, it is a matter of you have conviction. You, you place yourself under the, 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 the uh, authority of that person. It was a drive in their life. And let me explain it. He said to serve him in sincerity and in truth. You see, sincerity is the entire or complete or full, literally all together. Now, this will make sense here in a minute. This, this is where we mess up so much. It literally means he was talking before the people and he said, guys, I'm going to give you some advice. He said, is God God? Yes. Have you ever had that frustrated leader where they're just like, oh, oh do you guys not get this? And Joshua was saying before the people, he says, is, is God the one that got us out of Egypt? Yes. Okay. Do you believe there's a heaven and hell? Yes. Is God saving? Yes. Okay. Do you get that? But then this is how it works in life. This is how it's got to work in life. You've got to serve him in sincerity and in truth. That word sincerity literally means with all of it. All of it. Everything. Put it like this. <clears throat> sincerity and truth literally means you have to make up your mind. 
This is why he said, choose you this day who you will serve. He says in this passage, if you keep going, after he says this, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord, to put him aside. See, this is what they were trying to do in life. God is God. God saved us. We need you, God. We pray to you, God. God, give us the land and provide for my family. God, give us man and do all these things. But what they did along the way of life is they mixed it with the other gods of this world. Now, for us, it wouldn't be statues and things that we drug out of Egypt. It would be the things that go against God. You guys get that? It's anything that goes against God. It's anything that contradicts what the Word of God says. So in life, as Joshua is saying, this is what happens. A lot of times we go on our path, and even as a father, let's just apply this to fathers. Let's apply this to life. We're going to life, and all of a sudden, we're going to serve God. We're going to do what's right. And then something comes up, and it's like, well, that's not really popular with the Bible, but I don't want to upset people, so okay, we'll do that. And then all of a sudden, you begin to get off track because you're trying to do what's popular that rather than trying to do what's right. And in our culture today, that is getting more and more evident and more and more uh, applicable in our lives. It's all around us. The crazy thing is, this wasn't new. This was happening all the way back in the Bible days. And he said, guys, you have got to put away the junk. It's the same principle that we have in James chapter 1, verse 8. Now, I'm going to, let's do some audience participation, okay? Even you guys at home that are watching online, you guys can do this as well. A double-minded man is what? Let's try that again. A double-minded man is what? In all of his ways. I'm a dad. I'm going to lead my kids. We're going to do what's right. We're going to whatever. And it's just like, we're, this is the way we are, Christian home. I'm, I'm, I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just trying to, guys, daddy, why are we going to church today? Because the Bible commanded and said, forsake not the assembling. And we come together and we worship and we do these things. And dad, why are we going to obey the Bible when it says that? And dad, why is it wrong for me to curse like that? Because the Bible says that to let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth. Dad, why do we set money aside to give to God? Because the Bible says that we're to put God, give him the first fruits of our labor and what we do in our life. Okay. Then all of a sudden we get to a thing and daddy gets mad and all of a sudden he's cursing at the kids and whatever. And then the kids are like, well, wait a minute, dad. Doesn't the Bible say to let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth? Dad, why is it that you said last week that we had to get up and go to church and get out of bed because it's important we should do that. But this Sunday you just said you don't feel like it. You want to sleep in. Because a double-minded man that keeps one day saying this and another day saying this is unstable in all of his ways. Because at the end of the day, our kids don't know what they're following because they're confused. We make our kids dizzy. We talk about a confused generation. Have you ever thought that maybe Christian parents are the source of some of this? Because we're more than... And Joshua had the same problem. He said, guys... You either have to serve these gods or serve God, but you can't do both. You got to put away one and serve the Lord. You just can't do both. We have an understanding that if God is in control and God has everything for our good and God loves us, then you're not hurting your kids or your family when you make decisions that go against society. Because you know that God is the one that blesses and God is the one that's going to lead them. And I'd rather, listen, I mess up a lot. It's not about perfection. It is about conviction. Dads, if you would just get in your heart and mind to be convicted, I'm going to do what's right. It would be a lot better than you trying to be perfect because you're never going to be perfect. 
Never. But when you mess up and you step back and go, guys, we should not have done that. I'm sorry, and that was a mistake. And I can't in my heart keep going that because it dishonors the one that is my God. And he's, he's talking about this conviction in his heart. He said, I'm just, Joshua was just making it very clear. He says, I fear the Lord. Because I knew when we went in that land and there was giants, that if God called me to that, I'd rather do what's right than dishonor God. Even when it didn't make sense that we were going to take down a bunch of giants. And he had that conviction in his heart. He's got to start with your view of the fear of God. And, but, but then it drove him as a leader. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to serve God. Literally, I'm going to live out this with sincerity. I'm all in. I'm not going to go to the left, and I'm not going to go to the right, and sometimes I'll get off, but God will pull me back. I'm going to do it with truth, literally meaning that I'm, this is it, this is it, this is it. But then he finishes with what we all know, and that is you have to be determined to pass it on. This is where the change the world part comes in, okay? You guys ready for this? You see, he says this, he says, verse 15, he says, And if it's evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. He said, literally, I can't control you. If in your mind this doesn't add up and you're saying, I'm not doing that, then, then that's your choice. You have to do it. But he says, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is how we change the world. You say, you say this doesn't sound like it changed the world kind of thing. Let me explain how this works when it comes to this. So it's just Joshua was testifying. He was explaining. He was just saying that this is the way that I live and this is the conviction that I have in my heart. And he said, I can tell you guys all the way looking back that I put God first and I honored God and it worked and that's the only way that it can work. And we teach that to our kids. And he said that it's for me, I'm going to live that way. But he said also for my house, those that follow me are going to stay on that track that I'm on. Now, I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying that it does start with you and you have to rise up to lead by the example. A lot of times we make it all about teaching, but it's not just about the teaching that we have. And guys, I'm going to tell you, I thank God for Pastor Bryce and I thank God that we have good leaders and I thank God for Pastor Dave that teaches our kids and how he instills his character and teaches these lessons, but it is not their job to raise your kids. And you can't blame them when the kids go into the world because it is mom and dad's job. And what they're getting in every day of their life de depends on your guidance and your conviction and your education in the home. Not just what you drag them to church and throw them in there and like do something with them. They're arguing a lot at home and I need them fixed. I'm not saying that it doesn't help to have the kids under the word of God under a pastor. But I'll tell you what they need is under the authority of the Bible in the home more than they do from a youth pastor. And I'm not belittling the pastor, but can I take you back that God established the home before he established the church, and the church is built out of people that are in the home. Don't, don't mix it up. And, and I, I say that because of the fact is, we have to lead a generation by leading what Paul, when, when Joshua was saying is, for me and my house, I'm going to live my life this way, and I'm going to give it to them, because he was trying to say, it's not just a matter of me teaching this to them. And I, I've heard this phase growing up, and, and I'm going to explain it. It's not just what you teach. It's not just about being taught. It's about what they catch. It's about what they, what they catch and, and what they see in your life. It's not just what's taught. It's what's caught. 
So my dad, uh, our time that we spend together was never sports. My dad was not a sports person whatsoever. My dad was very much so a fisherman. When we lived in Michigan, we went ice fishing. When we moved to Alabama, we, we would do cast fishing and dock fishing, and we'd go out on boats, and we did all that stuff. We loved it. It was a big part of our childhood growing up. It's fishing. And my dad would get us up in the morning, and we would go out. We had our routines that we would do, and we would go get our bait, and we would get our, our tackle box, and we'd get our fishing poles, and we'd get everything lined up. And my dad would say, all right, this is how you put a worm on the hook. This is how you get the fish off the line, all these other things. And I fished and I fished and I fished and I caught nothing. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this doesn't work. Have you ever got so mad and frustrated that you just wanted to throw the pole down and say, this is stupid? All right, just so you know, I did do that and I'm not proud of it, but I just, this is stupid. All I'm doing is wait, I'm just hot. I'm not getting anything done. This is dumb. And I, maybe I'm just impatient, but I'm looking over at my dad and he's pulling in fish. And I'm like, I did everything you said. I did everything you said. Where's my fish? Then I began to watch my dad. And my dad would find trees that were like stuck in the water. And, you know, the fish would go around the bottom of those trees and the branches and the shade areas. And my dad would just cast it over there in, in a minute. And when he would let the, the, the lure drop and then he would pull it back. And he had this like technique that he would do where it would just kind of go up and down to make it look more like a real worm or whatever that, was, that he had on there, a real lure that would go out there to attract the fish. And then, then he, he knew how to like, throw it in the grass, but he would throw it, pull it around to where it would go around those areas where he knew the fish were, and he'd pull out these fish. So I'm sitting there, and I'm going, oh, okay. So I'd, I'd start mimicking what he's doing. I'd start following what he's doing. I'd begin to do that. And what I did is I began to catch fish, and I got the technique of understanding because the idea wasn't just in theory of these things. It's in practice of following the example that they set before us. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we sit there and educate, put a hook on there, throw it in the water, pull it out, all these other things. And we're like, this, doesn't, this God thing doesn't work. The church thing doesn't work. Fear of God. God is the creator. I know. God is the author. I know. I get, I get, it just doesn't work. But all of a sudden with Joshua, it was a matter of serve him insincerity. It wasn't a matter of doing it because you've always done it and that's the right thing to do and God said, you know, there was something deeper. And so Joshua was doing that fishing thing and all of a sudden people are watching him going, wow, God is faithful. Wow, God does answer prayer. Man, God is good and there's a marriage that lasts and there's an example in a home and there's peace that's there. My, my dad does control his language and we do have righteousness in the home. And it's, it's not easy, but I tell you, the only way we're going to change the world is it's got to start in your heart. It's got to come out of your life. And it's got to be passed down, not just by being taught, but by being caught by what they see in the home to be convicted in their life to say, that is it and I want it. And my dad did that. I remember my dad, we would get paid. And it, it's a matter of, it's not just a matter of God comes first. I remember my dad counting out money and saying, we're giving this to the church and we're giving this to bills and this is how we live life. And Tony, let me just say, God is good and God provides, but put God first. And I remember when it comes to treating people and treating authority, the fact that it doesn't matter if they're black or they're white, you treat people right. 
Right is right is right all day long. It doesn't matter. You're not better than anybody else. But we can get it in this mindset. And it's not so much what you necessarily say to them. It's how you act. And if you treat people wrong, they catch that. They catch that. And all of a sudden, they get off on the wrong path and they have that. The same thing comes with respecting authority. You respect police officers. And I'm not saying that there's not issues, but right is right and wrong is wrong. And we teach the next generation that by how we act in our lives. But when everything gets disarrayed and it's upsetting and it's, it's frustrating, we're thinking, what's wrong with our culture? Go right back to the heart of every Christian, and that's where it starts. For me, imagine that day, Joshua. Just his last address, he's lead the nation, led them around the Jericho, he's done all this thing, and they just, I can't change you guys. But for me, I'm going to follow God with sincerity. I'm all in. I'm going to follow him with truth. Nothing around me going to sway me. I'm going to fear the Lord because I know that God is the great provider and he's the leader. And I also know there's consequences when I get off. And for me and my house, that literally means if you're under my umbrella of authority, I'm going to do what's right and they're going to follow what's right because they're going to see what's right. And it's not going to be one thing one day and another thing the other day. I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, well, we know the world's doing this, but that goes against God. Well, that's old fashioned and we are just all over the place. I'm going to serve God this way. And I'm going to lead my kids to serve God this way. Let's change the world. Start in the heart. Start in the home. Start going out front and doing what's right. And watch how it catches on in our culture around us.